0: hello everybody welcome back to queer as south it is time for our second official episode third episode total and we are back again with colby hi are you excited to be here
1: I never left. <laughs> um, for real, we literally live together. So. Yeah, it's literally. <laughs> I'm excited time. to be at the dinner table. <laughs> yes, we
0: um, are constantly searching for a better place to record this. So today we are at the dinner table in the dining room versus the couch and the coffee table from last week. So hopefully this week will be a little smoother. Maybe we'll see. Guys, we have intro and outro music. What the fuck? Um, You don't have to just hear me say hello to you blindly again. I'm happy about that. I hope everybody else is. Um, So it was really important to me to find a queer artist to create the intro and outro music. So it's someone that I've been listening to for a long time. His name is Milo, M-Y-Y-L-O. Um, He is on Spotify. He is on Instagram at Milo music. Yeah. Go give him a follow. Give him a listen. I really like his music. I think you will as well, but yeah, he did this little intro outro music for us. I'm super excited. Um, So hopefully things will be a little more seamless coming into the show and leaving the show. So I threw my phone on the ground. That's, that's fine. Um, We're still fucking learning here. All right. So on that topic, um, something I kind of want to introduce into the show is a segment each week where we highlight a different queer artist. So Colby and I are going to be doing research to find different queer artists, whether that be someone that draws, someone that paints, someone that performs, sings, plays an instrument, whatever that looks like. And I kind of just want to Give them a shout out every week. So we'll be looking into that each week and bringing that to you. Thanks for fucking listening, guys. All
1: 35 of you. (laughs) Hey, no, you got to start somewhere. I feel like since, I mean, we're what? This is now episode three and already like 35. I mean, that's good to me. Yeah. And, you know, over this past week, we, well, you especially have been networking (laughs) the shit out of this. I can't I mean, quit I, talking about it. It's fucking <laughs> it. Well, I mean, that's good. And I mean, I literally, we can't, we won't even be in the same room. I will literally look down at my phone and I have Instagram notifications where all these followers are happening. And I just know he's out there doing the good Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: also, the, for the people that know me, that's like, I don't talk to people that I don't know. Like, that's not a thing for me.
1: Which is why you get them to listen. Yeah. So you don't Um, have to ever talk to them personally.
0: Exactly. (laughs) No, I do. I want to talk to people. But uh, um, I'm not good at small talk. I'm good at talking about deep shit. I say good at. I don't know. I like to think that I am. It's what I prefer anyhow. So anyways, thanks for the support. Now, that number 35 of you, um, that's coming from my Spotify analytics. I do believe that there are a few more on Apple Music. Regardless, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. The people that have listened have shown really awesome support and love Mm -hmm. and that makes me so happy because I want to talk about all of these things with you guys. They're important things that don't get discussed enough so we're here. We're queer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Colby's here with me again today. This thing is kind of developing as I go right. Originally I just really wanted to interview people and kind of talk about their coming out stories and their experiences growing up queer in the south and while that is still super duper important to me. And I still want to share people's stories. Um, Like I said, I'm figuring out as I go. And something that I think would be easier to keep up with and produce content for the people listening and for my mental health is going to be not necessarily focusing on interviewing someone every week to pump out. Um, I learned doing my first interviews with Colby that I asked too much about his life to really fit into a consumable amount of time. So I don't plan
1: on giving you over an hour-long episode every week. Well, and also, too, we know that, I mean, the majority of queer folk here in the South, they all... Can relate and all kind of have the such same similar experiences. Such similar experiences, yes. Right? Yeah. So we don't want to we don't pick want up to be this boring. like, yeah, and this redundancy. Yeah. Like, so
0: while it is important to share people's stories because there are such interesting little things that happen with each individual person, I want to focus more on the broad spectrum of things. So while the title of this podcast is Queer Ass South, and I do still plan on focusing heavily on queer life in the South, I really want to. Just be able to focus on talking about queer issues or the good parts of being queer.
1: And highlight the ones, again, like the artists. Highlight the artists that go under the radar, go unseen. or Right. Because they
0: make music singing about same-sex relationships or they draw art that depicts male on male or female on female. Yeah, we want to be kind of that voice. I said we a lot last week. I'm saying we a lot this week because I want Colby to be a part of this with me. Um, he's a part of every other aspect of my life and this is a really important part of my life right now. So I want him to be a part of
1: it. So surprise motherfuckers, (laughs) (laughs) you get my annoying ass voice every single episode. Oh, whatever. So that those analytics are about to go way down. (coughs) Bullshit. Anyways. um, Yeah. So Colby's going to be here with me
0: talking about things. Um, When it comes to interviewing, because of time restraints and schedules, sometimes it might not be that both of us can be present for an interview or whatever that looks like. Sometimes it might be maybe a mini-sode, like a shorter episode talking about something that we've experienced or something that we just feel really passionate about talking about. So well, you might've just heard Bell, another <laughs> member of our family. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to be here. We're going to be researching topics on our own time. So, you know, I've mentioned several times that there are so many things that I still want to learn Well, I'm making it my mission to learn more things about our community. So mm-hmm. we're going to be researching gender, more in depth, sexuality, the mental health within our community and Having more of a conversation
1: with each other, with you guys. And learning about more than just gay, bisexual, lesbian. Right. There are so
0: many smaller aspects of this that we don't know about, or know enough about, rather, that aren't talked about. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) let's talk about it, y'all, right? Yeah, so we're going to kind of go in depth and do our own research and talk to you guys about that. And then hopefully, if my Plan comes to fruition, but it has changed every week so far. So, again, bear with me. Then we will talk to someone who identifies outside of the gender norm, outside of gay, straight, bi, um, someone who kind of falls in more of the spectrum that doesn't get discussed enough. And we will be able to really focus that interview on a specific topic. So, hopefully, that will kind of be the route that the show begins to take. Really. I just appreciate you guys listening. So if you have any feedback on what we talk about today or the direction that you think the show should go, 100% hit us up to hit us up, go follow us, Twitter, Instagram, guys, I changed the Instagram name because it was really cumbersome. So now Twitter and Instagram are both at QAS podcast, QAS podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I'm researching website builders, so hopefully that is going to come into play again. I really want that there for a resource. Um, I have talked to a doctor, so we're going to be getting her on board sometime soon to talk about STIs and HIV and kind of dive into that. So there's really a lot of shit that I want to talk about, and I hope that this gets to keep going. I hope that you guys like it. I hope you guys are entertained. I hope you laugh. Um, Maybe cry sometimes.
1: You can fuck off. (laughs) It's the best podcast in the entire world. Well. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, We
0: definitely want it to be entertaining for you guys though. So if you have any words of wisdom critiques good things to say about it just let us know also another really important thing for us to really get this thing off the ground because i want this to reach as many queer people as possible also shout out to all the straight women that have listened um (laughs) that's super exciting oh my god
1: wasn't it like according to your analytics like the majority of the listeners have been straight women yeah it's been
0: like 85 percent straight women Uh, i'm pretty sure no true allies (laughs) okay okay you're the a and lgbtqia um (laughs) no thank you guys for being here as well um I know that this isn't typical discussion that you would be having or probably something that you would be listening to, but I know most of you know either me or no Colby and have decided to listen. So I really do appreciate it.
1: And the fact too, that like by listening, you are You know, you're opening yourself up to a conversation you probably never have had before and educating yourself. Yes.
0: Bravo to you ladies. Yes, Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. So anybody that is listening, if you're streaming us on Spotify, please go ahead and give us a follow on there. That would be fantastic. It really helps to boost the podcast to show up in search. Also, if you have an iPhone, I think that that means you have Apple Podcasts.
1: Yes. Okay. (laughs) I think it, it should be a default app on your phone somewhere i
0: i I hid it away in a deep folder yeah older versions i think you have to like go download it but it's free app if you have an apple account which you have to have to have an iphone you can access the podcast for free no subscription required but even if you're streaming on spotify or whatever that looks like if you could do us a favor Go to Apple Podcasts and rate, subscribe, leave us a review, anything that you can do on there to really help boost um, the podcast. Because like I said, I want this to reach as many people as possible, just so that we can we can teach people, we can learn ourselves, and maybe we can help somebody in need, right? Another segment that I would like to have, and maybe this could be like, you know, a mini halfway through the week or tack it on to an episode. I don't know what that looks like, but as a gay man, I get asked questions a lot about sex or relationships. Like, I don't know, people just flock to me for that kind of thing. And I think it would be really interesting if you guys ever had any questions and you know I could keep you anonymous it does not matter to me but I would love to answer any questions that anyone has oh my god I want questions so
1: bad so send them in please yes we, we
0: need a and a section absolutely so we really want to get that going but that requires you guys following us on Twitter and Instagram and sending us those DMs Girl, slide into the DMs that's why Colby and I are together because he slid into the DMs so mm-hmm. let's make this podcast interactive by sliding into the DMs yeah last week we talked about Brayla Stone we asked you guys to sign the petition. I was told that the links weren't working on Spotify, but I have since gone in and edited that. So I think that you should be able to click on those links. Um, Colby tweeted them. We put the link to the petition in the Instagram bio. If any of you signed it, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The killer of Brayla Stone has been arrested. I don't have the exact date in front of me, but he has been arrested. So that is a small victory. Um, I say small because Brayla still lost her life unnecessarily, and there are still so many things in the world that are in America specifically that need justice. Elijah McClain's murderers are still out there. They have not been arrested. They have not served any time, so we still need Sign petitions, donate, anything you can do. um, Mm -hmm. He needs justice. He was murdered unnecessarily by police officers. Look that up if you don't know enough about it. We'll share information on that as well on Twitter and Instagram. Um, We still need justice for Breonna Taylor, a woman who was murdered in her own home. She was doing nothing, guys. If you think that the police system is still just after reading any of these stories, You need to take a hard look in the mirror because you're missing something here. Mm -hmm. Guys, we have to speak up. It's not enough to just exist knowing that these things are happening. We have to educate people around us. We have to educate ourselves and we have to do something about it. So sign petitions, donate. Change.org is a great place to start. Once you sign a petition on their website, they email you acts of change that they are working on. So when someone starts a petition, they send an email blast out to everyone. Just as recently as this past week, Colby and I both got an email that there was a petition to make the fucking KKK a terrorist organization. Can somebody please explain to me why they aren't? This makes no sense to me. I signed that petition faster than I could blink my eyes. Anyways, it's a really good organization. Change.org. Go look them up. Sign the petitions. Donate money when you can. All right. Do you want to talk about it, y'all? Are you ready, Colby? I was born ready. (laughs) Okay. So Last week we left off. We were talking about makeup and the judgment that you started facing from within our own community whenever it came to dating while doing makeup. It fucking sucked, right?
1: Yeah, it. Um, mm-hmm. It was you know like I said, just this new fear now right. that I have. Do I tell? Do I tell these men? Do I not tell these men? But. While
0: there were bad things to come with makeup, there were also really good things. I always thought that makeup led you to drag, and now that I know drag is what led you to makeup, let's talk about drag, yeah?
1: Oh, I am I can talk about it all damn day.
0: <laughs> I know you can. I've watched more Drag Race in the past year of my life than I have seen ever. Mm-hmm. Probably the past three months, honestly. So, drag came first. An interest in drag. An interest in woman impersonation. Mm -hmm. Well, and
1: and not just that, but I mean, like this world of drag and seeing everything from being you know looking like this fishy woman to these outlandish crazy artistic makeup and like outfit and wigs and I was just mesmerized like this is art it all boils down to this is art and this is an art form that I have never even known existed and now I'm like I'm into it and I want to do it with anything that's came with art you know like I've always, I love photography. You know, I like to, I'm not a photographer by any means, but you know, like I like to learn about it. Just anything like art involving, like.
0: Right. It's intriguing to you and you want to know more about it. Yeah. Yeah. So you go buy makeup. Obviously the first beat was not great. We know this, but that's okay. So you get more into drag Mm -hmm. and at what point do you decide I'm going to leave my house in, in drag, drag. because that's a scary fucking thing to do it's scary as a just as a gay person in general to walk outside in the south sometimes mm-hmm. then you add this whole extra level of well now i'm a man pretending to be as a, a woman, woman
1: walking these streets like, out in the open larger than life though, oh my god yes because a I'm drag huge. queen <laughs> <to> <laughs> i'm tallest huge. people yeah.
0: in the world so you decide that you're like, you're going to go like what were kind of your feelings leading up to the night of or the day of or whatever, because I know you and (laughs) I know you were in your head long before you ever needed to be. Yeah.
1: Well, my anxiety wasn't as bad as it is now actually during all of that at first i was more willing to just like yeah whatever you know because i was i had a the friend that i had at that time was kind of that way and so i just followed suit but i mean i still did have my anxieties and my you know being like ooh especially yeah of course going out and drag the first time i was scared shitless but yeah a friend had painted me and the whole shebang i mean Lashes, wig, hip pads, corset, heels, everything. And honey, when I tell you I looked like Olga. (laughs) (laughs) Olga. I looked like a Russian grandmother that's cooking borscht. For their grandkids when they get home from school, which isn't his fault because, you know, my friend that painted me at the time has gotten so much better with, you know, his dress is amazing, you you know, but, you know, and also too, when you paint someone else, it's not going to look as good as you painting your own self. And so, but in the moment I was feeling it, I was fish, I was, you couldn't tell me anything (laughs) and we go to the club and I'm we pull up. I'm also tucked for the first time. oh she tucked. she did it all honey granted i don't think i tucked right because i ripped a lot of hair out Mm -hmm. whenever i pulled the duct tape off but and for those that don't really know drag queens tuck they just push their penises back in between their legs and tape it up in there so i did it i did the whole thing i went full out and i remember specifically just standing quietly with my friend group all night and also being like please don't leave me and I didn't socialize. People now, would come and up. you were and, at a gay
0: club, right? Yes. So, was, like, you should have. Yes. Like, you were in a safe space. I was. But you, I was. Once you got inside. it. But I'm
1: so, in that moment, just like, this is weird. This is so weird. This like, I is can't weird. believe I'm doing this. I can't believe. Yeah. And it was, uh, now we've come to a whole nother bump in the road in my gay journey. Uh-huh. Like, I've gotten over coming out. I've gotten over being open with dating men i've gotten over this and that and now i have to get over being out in public as a man dressed up as a woman and i was i was dealing with it it was the worst night i i wanted to go i'd also smoked too before and so it of made course. it even worse yes of course always so yeah the first time it was it was scary it was rough uh my first drag name was uh Colbana Colbana, Colbana montana <laughs> It was kind of a joke, and then I was like, I mean, fuck it, I don't have a name, whatever. So I was Colbana Montana.
0: <laughs> well, we've since upgraded to Puff Queen, and yes. Puff actually like holds some like deeper meaning.
1: It does. So yes. So let's
0: discuss that because I think it's really important as queer people to kind of like reclaim things. Reclaiming um, my time, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Because we kind of spend so much time either getting bullied or picked on or called names or whatever so sometimes it is important to be like you know what you use this against me and i'm gonna use it and bank off for me it. exactly, exactly. Yeah. so yeah tell us about puff and the
1: backstory yeah the birth of puff chapter five <laughs> so puff came about well the name it really started because my stepdad whenever my mom and him married um several years ago i was chubby and um i was a i was a big girl growing up and for some reason he would just always call me puff and i think it was supposed to be like because i was you're puffy puffy fluffy thick, right you know um he also called me a delicate flower but that's not really well, a good drag name no so he's not wrong though <laughs> <laughs> and which is kind of funny because if y'all are aware of the drag queen Trixie Mattel, she kind of got her name Trixie the right. same reasons. Her stepdad, uh, they, like called her Trixie and she took it and ran with it. So same, same story. And also too, like Colbana Montana was it was not a mess. It was a mess and a half. (laughs) And I was like, okay, no, ma'am, we're going to throw her out and really think about it. And when I really sat down and tried to just think of it like a name, like Puff is the first thing that came to mind. It's what I resonate with. It's what I'm, I was already being used to being called, you know, and to this day as a 28 year old man, you know, if I go over there and see him, the first thing he says is, well, Hey Puff, Wait, he still calls you Puff? He
0: does. I have a video. And you're like shook every time. Oh my God, I know. Did did I just show up in drag? Right. right? I'm like, (laughs) he knows. Fuck. No,
1: I have a whole video on my Snapchat that I saved from like two Thanksgivings ago when I walk in the house and I have the camera pointed down. Because you knew it was about to happen. And first thing, well, what do you say, Puff? And I'm just like, (sighs) giggling so
0: right because you've taken it you've reclaimed it it's yours now so like it's not being used against you anymore even though he thinks and he might not even think that he's being malicious it was just a nickname yeah and it
1: wasn't from a place of malice that was just his name you know and i never took offense to it but i guess looking back now i'm like oh it's kind of mean he's making
0: fun of your fucking weight like that's mean yeah and
1: well yeah so I was like, you know, I'm Puff. That's me. So the journey began and I started doing makeup more. And, you know, I ordered I got drunk one night and got on Amazon and ordered my first two wigs and they are atrocious. (laughs) My God, $20. They came in and I was like, this is it. This is it. And of course, like the first couple of times, it's still like, oof. And, you know, my best friend and I would do these like little looks and go out to the bar. And then he would, you know, start doing drag too. And so, you know, it just kind of evolved and evolved. And, you know, my last ex, actually, him and I would go out together in drag because he also was kind of getting into it. And so that kind of that was like the main moment when puff was really like showcasing herself not every weekend but like every other weekend we would be like let's go out and drag let's go out and drag you know let's get ourselves out there you know get our personas out there and then january of 2019 um is when my best friend and i we had our first show ever first time we'd ever performed and we got booked for our first show we practice we rehearsed i have a friend out in california who does drag and he sent me like kind of a care package like Like a starter kit a starter kit for drag yeah puff starter kit (laughs) and i had an outfit i had a wig i had he sent me some makeup that i needed and we showed up that night and it was the biggest turnout and showed out showed the fuck out we had choreography we had a bomb ass mix we made over a hundred dollars each that night people were talking about it like after that and after that is kind of when me and him looked at each other and i was like this is it like, like we're in
0: this gate we're now. In, we're
1: in this now right. we just had our first show like people know who puff and i'm gonna plug him holly matrimony <laughs> my best friend and uh, if you don't follow her, you should go follow her on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at Holly Matrimony. And since then, we've been coming out. We've been performing. We adopted a drag mom. Harry Kate Olson is a local drag queen here in Little Rock who is kind of like runs the show you know she's the host of everything and the motherly figure and when me and my best friend started coming before drag we were just like oh my gosh Harry Kate we love her we love her and (laughs) she's the one that sat us down one drunk night on the back patio and said I want y'all like come on let's do this and so shortly after our show she kind of adopted us as like our our drag daughters the bottom Line to this story is I not only found this persona where I can be unapologetically myself more so than I ever was. No matter how comfortable I have been with coming out, Puff is just this persona that I can paint on and go out and feel so confident and gorgeous. And to see people that light up when I come into a room or you know like tip me or come up and tell me like you were so pretty and all this like it's it's so weird. You know like when you come from growing up and being bullied, it's so crazy. For everything to change when you start finding a community that accepts you and getting right. these and compliments get, getting, getting the valid exactly getting the validation that you've been seeking for just being yourself or, right you know puff <laughs> right well so, yeah i
0: mean but it is yourself ultimately like it's you with a mask
1: on yeah you know and puff is everything that i can't be when i'm not in drag puff right. is that confidence that I I want in life and I put a lash on and paint a lipstick on, I'm like a whole nother person. And I, I mean, you can attest.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And that seems to be a running theme with any drag queen that I've met personally. Like the moment. We're all riddled with
1: anxiety, sis. Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> um, and it's like, it's like you put your war paint on like Mm -hmm. once you're in drag like you're ready to fight you're ready to take on the world yeah to stand up for yourself to stand up for other people and you know I think that's why drag is such a pivotal part of this community is Mm -hmm. because it is really this it's probably the most vocal and visual representation of like the gay life or the queer life yeah yeah community it's like drag is always at the forefront of it because it is so large yeah you know it's
1: this it's a newfound way that people are starting to notice people that do it being able to express themselves and right as an art because it is an art exactly
0: and i think that's what people don't fully understand about drag even people that like want to get into drag or whatever you know they don't look at it as an art form and that's what it is it is an outlet for art
1: ultimately and drag is i mean drag is anything and everything it's not putting a wig on and heels and trying to create that illusion of looking like a woman. It's not just that, at least. Right now, it's so many
0: more things, but that's the wonderful thing. There's so many facets mm -hmm. of drag, but it's all about expression. It's all about self-love and, you know, standing up for rights and things like that. And I don't think a lot of people look at it that Mm -hmm. way, but
1: we are, I mean, we are putting ourselves in this position to be comfortable and to walk around, especially, I mean, like, you know, leaving the show or the gig yeah in the fucking south like and walking these streets downtown little rock at night and you know a car will roll by and you know a big jacked up truck and you're immediately you're at 100 at all times like okay is something going to be said to me is something is something going to happen so it is scary but at the same time like i have just this like abundance of confidence where i don't really think about it as much whereas if I'm a boy or you know just you know and not in drag so it's it's been amazing to go on this journey and have people that love what I do and because I mean again like I said I was I was an only child so I always had to entertain myself and also to coping mechanisms I feel like 90 percent you meet someone from the queer community, they're going to be so funny because yeah. coping mechanisms, making people laugh, turning, deflecting, deflecting for so long, turning things into a joke. Yes. So I was always wanted to talk. I always wanted to entertain. And so like getting to now channel all of that into Puff and get out on that stage is exhilarating and it leaves me with such a high and I've, I've loved every minute of it. So I said in the first episode,
0: I want to talk about sex because I really do. Um, for so many reasons, I just think it's important to hear other people's kind of experiences with it and like the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it,
1: you know, there's a lot of ugly.
0: Well, (laughs) I think we can all attest to that because like we talked about earlier, we start so much later than straight people do. And then sometimes being in the South, we start even later, you know? Oh yeah. So we get to be in our early twenties you know, at least for our experiences, Mm -hmm. we download these apps, we download apps. And yeah, so like hookup culture is kind of just thrown in your face Mm -hmm. automatically. Like, Mm -hmm. again, we don't have education. We don't really have like older gay people in our lives Mm -hmm. to be like, listen, like, yeah, it's fun. Do it. But just know that there's more on the other side. And so we come out Your fresh meat, like you Mm -hmm. literally show up, you like you appear, and they're on you like white on Yes, absolutely. It's like whoa, yeah, and it's very overwhelming, especially whenever you're first coming out because
1: you have no idea and also to. I mean, growing up with heterosexual values that you've been taught, you never hear about it being okay to be frivolous, right? And like you're seeing immediately, like oh. uh, A skank or a whore, a slut. Yes, if someone
0: is comfortable with their sexuality or if they're having sex. Yeah,
1: a man whore because you were, I mean, we're taught to have this white picket fence life. Right. You get married, you have sex for the first time, and you marry that person and you move on. So coming out of the gate, when you come out and you're immediately just like, I want a boyfriend. And then again, this guy, the first guy that I ever, you know, did anything with, he used me because. He was used to it. He had already known about hook, like hookup culture as a thing. Also, and I've seen it in others too that are like younger and coming out because i had the same mindset i was always so angry at hookup culture i was like that is disgusting oh, are same. you kidding me yeah. like no like if i am with someone i'm with them to the end like i just i just want a relationship because why don't st- guys want relationships anymore
0: yes you still had this what has been laid out in the heterosexual world as normal as mm-hmm. necessary you yeah. still have that now and i will say i think this is largely a part of the problem in the south with relationships to any way you look at it you were taught You grow up, get married, you start a family, and that's what your life is, Mm -hmm. not you grow up, you start a life for yourself, Yeah. then you get married, then you start a family. Yeah. Nobody ever
1: told you, you're going to have to sleep with a few certain people till you find that one. Right. Because it's taboo. Right. Or... So you're you literally know, thinking, I don't want to just be having sex with strangers. That's so... You don't know anything about it, you know? You're always... Ta- and also, too, which I know the first thing my mother said is, you could get HIV. You could oh, get that, AIDS.
0: That is always people's first reaction when they know nothing exactly. about... And the
1: ignorance is appalling, for one. Like, especially, like, looking, yeah. looking at it and, you know, someone that's an adult, your own, like, mother or family member that has this mindset that's like... So you come out the gate thinking these things... And like, and, and you're like, their, oh my gosh. Well, and that's
0: their first thought is HIV. And I'm like... It's a way
1: to basically say the gay community is dirty.
0: Yes, absolutely. And HIV is not dirty. First of all, HIV has come such a long way. There are medications that can literally make people undetectable, untransmittable. Like Exactly. It can be taken And a care conversation of. that a is okay sentence. to have. Yes. And it should be had. That is a major thing that needs to be taught. It's, yeah. It's all
1: about the fear of the unknown. Yeah. You know?
0: I mean... Also, I find another interesting. Since we're talking about gay sex, I find it very interesting that Not people are sex. so <laughs> <laughs> people are so quick to hold an issue with gay people because of the sex aspect of it. But you use your butt, like yeah. yes, but like why is that your yeah. first thought? Like why is me telling you that I am attracted to men, that I want to spend my life with a man? Like why is your first thought? Well, you get fucked in the butt. Because I'm not thinking about your vagina whenever I discover that you're straight. Yeah. Like, I'm not thinking about all of that. Like, that's the farthest thing from my mind.
1: And I'm telling you right now, these people... They don't know what they're missing. These men, I'm like, listen. (laughs) Take a finger up the butt. You you, are not going to die. I, and that's a whole nother can of worms, you know, the whole, like, won't even let a girl, like, get near their, you know. Right. Girls, is it gay if men wipe their ass asking for a friend? It's that bullshit. Yes. Like, it's just the fragility of it all, you know. Like, if I jerk
0: off am I gay because I'm having sex with myself? I've literally heard someone say that before.
1: And I'm like, if I taste my own cum, am I gay? Yeah. I mean, it all boils down to fear of the unknown. And the, so they're just going to say what they've, Like heard or been told, right? There's never any education. It's always
0: just hearsay. So
1: yeah, coming out the gate and you know wanting a relationship and then being told by people that have been in the game for a minute, i.e. my best friend, like, honey, I'm sorry to say, but. That's not how it goes. Like, yes, you might get lucky and you might find someone right off the bat. Boom, that's it. You're in love forever. But it's yeah, and that's probably a possibility. Not but yeah,
0: it's largely unlikely that that's going to happen. And I think that, we that have, needs to be told to young queer people: mm-hmm. you are going to have to fight for a while just to figure out who you are Mm -hmm. like that is the most important part that I don't think I realized for a long time was it was more about my own personal self-discovery than it was anything else like I thought that I wanted to have a boyfriend or whatever but I didn't know who the fuck I was so had I gotten into a relationship it would have been detrimental you oh, know, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, yes, I hooked up. I did the whole thing. I hated it every single time that I would hook up with someone. I mean, there were times that I would literally cry for days afterwards, like because not... you felt so
1: gross. Yeah. Yes.
0: I felt disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it goes back to this whole like taboo mm-hmm. of being gay, especially yeah. in the South. It's like, you know, first of all, the Southern mentality is grow up, get married, have kids. So now I've grown up, but I've reverted in a lot of ways, you know, to being like in a child's mindset more so or like a teenager's mindset right so now i'm like having sex with these men who want me for nothing more than that
1: Mm -hmm. and meanwhile you're trying to build a life with them plan the wedding in your head as you're being railed from behind well like i said earlier
0: (laughs) Like I said earlier, I wonder if
1: my mom was going to like him. My
0: first (laughs) hookup pretty much ruined me of that. Like I didn't want a boyfriend. I was very much like, no, I just want to fuck like whatever. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I got to the point that I did want a boyfriend some years later, probably like four or five years after that first experience with a the guy then I was pissed that people just wanted to have sex with me even though that's all I had wanted to do for all of these years and now I'm like okay well I'm ready for a relationship why are, why yeah. are these people why not? Why are you not? What's and, wrong with you? Yeah, so and was, then like
1: confusing. And then these men would say these things and then did you ever have scenarios where they would say this and then not too long after they're posting and they have a boyfriend and then you're like I'm yes. going to sit in my room and cry for days because then it just means you were lied to and they did not like you enough to want to start a relationship with you which is fine and i (laughs) think
0: that this is a huge issue with people in general if you don't fucking like someone tell Tell them you know it's gonna suck in that moment but what's gonna suck even more is a week later when you're booed up with somebody yeah and that person is like, so it was me. Like, it yeah. was like, I was the issue. Yeah.
1: Don't play mind games. Don't it, don't, don't yes, give them a, any unnecessary anxiety. Games such that,
0: bullshit. Like, yeah. we have enough as queer people. Like, why do we have to fucking play games with each other? Yeah. You know? Stop ghosting. It's not funny. You're not cute. Just it's say not you're not cute. interested and, I, and go. I mean, like, I did it so many times because I didn't understand, like, how damaging it could be you know, Mm -hmm. for a person's like mental state. And so it was just easier for me to not deal with it. You know, with my anxiety, I was just like, well, if I tell them that I'm not into it. You don't want to hear the backlash. Exactly. And it's selfish. It's so selfish and it's not fair. But when you started hooking up, like, did you ever have fears going into it? just in general like did you ever worry about stds or oh yeah hiv because i
1: didn't because i didn't fucking know i like i I was so clueless right i mean i first started just like foreplay with guys
0: which can transmit some just throwing that out there
1: yeah so at first i was just doing like foreplay and stuff but yeah i was i would always in the back of my head my mother's voice is like ringing in my ears you can get hiv you can get aids so you know again i don't i'm not educated i don't know. I'm not so I when a
0: guy tells you like oh it's okay if we don't use a condom I'm clean like when you first enter into all of this you're Mm -hmm. like okay yeah like he's got to be telling me the truth right right so you know there were so many times that that conversation a was never even had whenever I was hooking up or b you know I'm like were you being honest I don't know how would I know you know I didn't know it 19, 20 years old that I could be like, no, I need some proof or no, I don't want to have sex with you. That was another huge thing for me because sometimes I would get into situations And not want to do it anymore, but be too scared to say no. And so I had sex so many times. And I think that's where a lot of the emotional like spirals happened afterwards is because like I was just too scared to say no, because like they're more experienced. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so like I'm literally just like in their hands, whatever the situation is like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get through it. Yeah, it fucked me up in a lot of ways. And there was a very long period of time where I didn't want to have sex at all, like for a year I was just like, I do not want to have sex. I do not want to come in contact with a man because I had had so many just like bad experiences with hooking up mm-hmm. that it just got to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't even want to be with a man. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. want anything to oh do. Oh my God. With it. I, I had just, so like, many shut of those down.
1: so many times, so many revelations were like, fuck this. I'm going back to girls. Did I, no. I never thought that? <laughs> well, I had moments where I was like, this is for the birds. I just want somebody to love. Right. And then, you know, you get a little older, you educate yourself, you do learn more, and then you finally reach this hump where it's okay. You know, if you want to sleep around, sleep around. Just be safe about it. Just be, Just be safe. safe. You and Yeah. It was, I mean, for the most part, I mean, obviously we're all gonna have our doozies where it's like, ugh, but I mean, for the most part, it it was fun, you know? You're you're finding out what you like, what you don't like, you're finally getting to like release all this sexual tension frustration that's been built up you know i mean i was having sex with girls for however many years and now i'm finally getting to like it was just a whole even though i had already had sex multiple times with girls it was just A completely different ball game When I finally had sex with a man I experienced orgasms That I had never experienced before Finally Your body's like Yes This is where I fit It's getting what it
0: needs You're getting what you need And I think that's such An important part of sex And I think And I don't know if it's because I'm a cancer Or what But because I am Ridiculously emotional I think that That was a huge problem That I had Mm -hmm. In the hookup scene Mm -hmm. Like there were so many times That I would hook up And just never get off And I would just be like Well it is what it is I gotta go You know, because it was just not working for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that people in this community tend to forget can be involved with sex is the actual emotional connection to someone. And whenever you have that, like it's even more heightened. So in the beginning, when you first start hooking up, oh, it's heightened Mm -hmm. because you do have all of this pent up frustration and then you i mean a man could touch me on my fucking shoulder oh yeah and i would just about come like literally i was Mm -hmm. so like tingling with sensations you know it was just
1: crazy yeah i don't miss hooking up though i can say that honestly yeah i mean i'm all for anyone that does it And I mean, I had my time, but I think now I've just, well, for one, I've gotten really comfortable with you, but also too, like my anxiety has just gotten so much worse as I've gotten older. And so now I'm like, oh my God, I'm just lazy now. I don't have the energy. I wouldn't have the energy to go back out there and be like, you want to fuck? Yeah. Same. Because what's going to happen? I'm going to smoke a bowl and then you're going to say, okay, can I head that way? And I'm not going to, and it's never going to happen. And then I'm going to ghost. And that's what I just said not to do. So Yeah. (laughs) It's just better to not have the conversation than to have it. But I promise having the conversation will be so much better for both parties
0: right so speaking of your anxiety it's so interesting to me that your anxiety is like getting worse as you get older basically because i've been an anxious ridden nerve <laughs> ball my entire existence so for me i'm just kind of like is it getting better or am i just like used to it 28 years later i don't fucking know but i think in the gay community as a whole the queer community there are so many mental health struggles so mm. many mental health struggles yes yes Anxiety and depression. I mean we're obviously at the, uh, we're at the forefront. <laughs> yeah. Like obviously it affects everyone. But I think specifically in the South, where we grow up uh, being filled with all these notions that gay people go to hell, there are two genders, that like there's one sexuality, everything else is wrong. Growing up, hearing that over and over and over and over and over, and knowing inside of your brain the whole time that you fall into that category that's so bad, that's so terrible. Mm-hmm. And so you feel like you're constantly having to look over your shoulder. Like you're constantly having to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Again, I had anxiety before I ever even saw that boy's penis. Like I <laughs> always like <laughs> oh had the anxiety, right? But it definitely got worse after I started having the feelings like, oh, fuck, am I gay? Um, and pretty much every... Queer person that I know has some sort of mental health struggle, whether that be anxiety or depression or PTSD or any of those things. There are so many people within the queer community that are affected by this. Now we know one person specifically who is not affected by that, but it's such a rare occurrence. Right. And I think that it's created. Like I really think that so much of that is created. Uh, Specifically on the depression front of things, you literally are taught to hate yourself. So you do, mm-hmm. you do hate yourself and you feel so alone. Like you touched base on that earlier. Like you just feel so alone. Like, cause yeah. there's nobody that you can talk to because mm-hmm. you're so scared that if you do talk to anyone, your entire life is going to implode on itself. Yeah.
1: You're putting it out in the open. It's out there. You've kept it repressed and now here it is. And what if the person doesn't take it the way you wanted it to happen? And now it's just out there. It's a big mess.
0: Yeah. So it just creates this entire spiral in your brain of overthinking and like, where am I supposed to go now? What am I supposed to do now? Mm -hmm. You know, and you can't, Exactly, look at your mom and go, Oh, I want to go see a therapist because you know, like, I feel like I'm probably gay, and yeah. you've really fucked me up in the head by teaching yeah. me how wrong that is. So now I need you to pay for me to go work on this issue, right? And I think that you know, going to therapy and going to see a psychiatrist is still seen as so weird and bad and bad, yeah. Like, yeah. if you have to go. See a therapist, like there's something wrong with you. Well, guess the fuck what? There's something wrong with all of us, honey. There is something wrong and it needs to be fixed. It needs to be worked on. There is such a high suicide rate in the queer community, especially in the South, where these values are just like slammed onto people.
1: Exactly. And it's
0: so important and it's not talked about enough. Therapists need to be utilized. But also we need to fix our fucking insurance. Like we need to, f- needs to be easier to access these yes, things. Like that is terrible. a huge yeah. problem. Yeah.
1: Well, and then also too, like for queer people, we also have to think this therapist, which I know that therapists are sc- supposed to be completely unbiased. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. But then you're going to go in here as a queer person and then you have to just tell them, Oh yeah, I I'm gay. I have sex with men. I have sex with women whatever. Because
0: you also want to be able to talk to them about sex because sometimes sex Uh might be the problem. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a huge problem. whenever I first started seeing my therapist, like I literally had to say to him, I don't want to have sex literally at all. And I had to be comfortable enough to say that to him so that he could try and like figure out what the issue was or help me figure out what the issue was, you know, until I finally got past it. Right. So you need to feel comfortable. And yeah, that's a really scary thing in the South Mm -hmm. because You don't know that this person is going to accept you. They're supposed to. That's their literal fucking job is to help people, but you just don't know. Yeah. Churches advertise themselves as people who help people. Oh, my God. And it's... One of the worst
1: places to be for a queer person. Yes, absolutely.
0: In the South specifically. Now, I do think that... First of all, I want to say on this podcast, I'm not trashing you if you a Christian, if you go to church, if you practice, that is totally fine. I grew up with it being shoved so down my throat that I, as a human, should not even exist, that I don't want anything to do with it. That's my opinion you can have yours, you can do whatever you want to do. I just don't want you to think that I'm like trying to exclude you from the conversation because you right. go to church. No, so. Yeah.
1: And I mean, there's still, I mean, there are people in the queer community who are still Christians Yeah, and very and active in the to, church. Yeah. And that's awesome because yeah.
0: I think there needs to be that bridge there.
1: Yes. And it's, it's gr- good to know that they have found a community who at least, you know, expresses their inclusiveness with this right. person. You right. Know? So, so, I love that. But, you know, again, like everyone is entitled to their own opinions. The Christians, it's a lot of using the Bible and the word as a crutch for their actions and the way that they treat things and whatever. And people, yeah, absolutely. Yes.
0: Like you can't take a verse in the Bible and be like, oh, this yeah. is why I can hate you. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Or this like, is why I can attack you. Like or this you is why I can not protect you.
1: Like you can't get in the kitchen cook shellfish for dinner and call up Nancy and gossip about Rita that day and think it's all fine and dandy, but then turn around and cast out someone because they're homosexual.
0: Exactly. And exactly
1: because it's not part of your Christian values. And it doesn't make sense because they want to pick and choose. Not everybody again, you know, it's,
0: but I largely believe that a lot of my mental health struggles were born in church.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. You know,
0: Like I said, just... The church community
1: is just... It's supposed to be this perfect thing.
0: Well, that's what they sell it as. That's what they want it to be. Exactly.
1: And I feel like growing up, the most gossip and scandal came from the congregation. Oh, always. I mean, it was just nuts. Yeah.
0: And people can't wait for the next scandal either. Yeah. Like, they fucking get off on it. But back to the mental health. Have you felt like in your time of dating or hooking up specifically dating like when you start talking to a guy have you ever felt weird bringing up your anxiety or your depression like has it kind of been a natural thing to be able to talk about or no was it is it like scary to open up and admit that to someone because i'm like i walk into a room anxiety first like Mm -hmm. i literally walk into a room and And then
1: depression second yeah like you
0: (laughs) you fucking look at me and you can tell that i'm anxious like i can't hide it right i can't hide that i'm gay and i can't hide that i'm anxious like those are two things that i cannot hide yeah yeah
1: well it's hard to talk about for sure and with like relationships I never really brought it to the forefront except for being like yeah I have a little anxiety but that I would never dive into it I would never right. explain and I think honestly like my last relationship is when actually the night that it all ended is when I finally opened up about everything that goes on in my head to explain a lot of the reasons for the things that I had done in the relationship and why it wasn't working and I had been naive to myself, and also, I didn't want to accept mm-hmm. I was feeling the way that I was feeling because of my anxieties and the things that I was dealing with. It was overshadowing my relationship. Right. And I finally let it all out. And that was probably the first time I'd ever done that where I was like, this is why. I oh, like, period, in a relationship period, or yes. like in that one specifically? Period. And I'm I mean, explaining, like, this is why. X, Y, and Z happened, and this is why I am the way that I am. And it was scary, especially since it was just the conversation was just being had at at the end of the at the end of the breakup. Because you the whole time that everything's
0: ending, and now you have to like basically explain why. Yes, these are things that I've been
1: keeping to myself and dealing with, and. Hoping that they are going to understand, but also at the same time, thinking they're going to leave this and think I'm crazy. They're going to go on and be like, well, he was just crazy. For one, I hate using that term. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Crazy is not a
0: descriptor for people with mental health issues. Exactly. Exactly. And um, it's
1: very commonly so, misused. Yeah. And so, I, you know, the whole time I'm spilling my guts and opening up and letting that wall down, I'm just getting more anxious at right. the thought of what he is going to take away from this.
0: Right. Cause now you're thinking two minutes into the future. Uh-huh. You're also thinking about everything that you've already said. Yeah. And, and, then, that's, and like, that's then, then you start thing. to
1: question yourself. Is this, should so I not have, doing this. should I not have opened up? Should I not have told these things? Is this normal? You know, it's just, uh, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And that's when I knew right then and there, I needed to work on me. Right. You know, after finally like, spilling my guts for the first time ever and realizing you know like like oh fuck I, I have some issues that
0: i need to work on yeah and right
1: and i'm sorry that i you know robbed you of however many months of a relationship when i wasn't fully there you know it, it was scary and moving forward and you know doing me for a while afterwards and then meeting you it was like a whole new ball game and right and we I, like, again, are comfortable enough to talk about things right let's talk about it y'all isn't that what you say (laughs) yeah
0: yeah and i I did want to touch on that in our relationship because it is obviously something that we have to factor in because we both deal with it you know and Mm -hmm. i said this to you whenever we were talking a while back like i think the things that drew us together in the beginning started pushing us apart like in the beginning we were strangers Mm -hmm. we were to me i can talk to a stranger all day about anything Mm -hmm. and i'm good with it like i will tell them my entire fucking life story Mm -hmm. and i don't have to think about it because i don't fucking know them so in the beginning you were a stranger to me so i'm just like oh hi here's all of my baggage Mm -hmm. like here's what i deal with here's what i go through do you want to stick around and you did well then you know some months later you know, we're both kind of dealing with things in our heads Mm -hmm. separately instead of, like, allowing each other to
1: help each other. And have that conversation. And have
0: that conversation, yeah. And I remember, like, the night that I was like, no, we have to fucking talk about this. Like, Mm -hmm. like I'm dying. We have to talk about this. I was about to have a heart attack. Like, just the thought of bringing this conversation up, which is so silly, but it's because the conversation of mental health is so frowned upon, Mm -hmm. you know? So even you who I know suffers from the same things that I do. It was hard for me to have a conversation with you about that. Right. You know, and it's not because I'm not comfortable with you. It's just because that conversation is just really hard to
1: have. Yeah. And it shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know? No, not at all. It needs to be normalized more. I Absolutely. Mean, people, it's okay yeah. to talk about these things and it needs to be talked about and to have a healthy relationship or friendship or you know moving forward with somebody these conversations need to be had at the beginning and or whenever like right whenever you're comfortable talking about it yeah but if you were trying to
0: build a life with someone that has to be a topic of conversation Mm -hmm. you can't just six years in be like oh by the way right like I have serious depression and sometimes I can't get out of bed in the morning. Like, "Mm, hi, you know, like it obviously needs to be at your own pace, Mm -hmm. just like coming out, just like anything. Like it's your decision, right? But it needs to be talked about. Yeah. Whoever you are with
1: needs to be just as supportive of you as it is serious to you. Like you let them in your butthole three days a week. So let's let them into your brain. (laughs) You know, (laughs) (laughs) I thought it made sense, but no, for real though, once you put that wall down and you let them in and they can understand where you're coming from. Finally, it's kind of like a refreshing moment because then you are able to work with that and be like, okay, awesome. So you feel this amount of way I can take that and I can work with it and go about things differently than I did before maybe, or, you know, and vice versa. Yeah. Communication. Yeah. No, chapter six, communication. (laughs) (laughs) Communication is
0: such a vital part of any relationship. And I think that's something that you and I are learning kind of along the way. Right. Obviously, like...
1: I'm dumping him tomorrow. He doesn't know. Communication. See? <laughs> it's <six>. key. <laughs> it's key.
0: It's so important. No, but I really think, because for me, and I think for you as well, and this might sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but, like, this is my first stable relationship. Like, this is the first relationship where I'm like, I want to fucking make this work. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm having to learn new things about being in a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and my mom is kind of who I call with my problems, right? Like if there's something I don't know what to do, I call my mom. Mm-hmm. I can't call my mom about this. Mm-mm. Like you're either. my person. Like you're the person that I talk to about my problems. And I think that happens to a lot of people in relationships is like the person that they're with is also the person they talk to the, about their problems. So then if something's going wrong or like if you're overthinking something you can't talk to the person you want to talk to about it but I know. Yeah. so you know it's all about communication um because
1: you know my mom's favorite phrase is you're gonna be fine oh you'll be God. fine okay mom sure <laughs> sure jan sure jamie <laughs> <laughs> no i love my mom she's come a long way through this insane journey of mine coming so, out journey y'all it's yeah. a
0: It's a whole thing, clearly. We just talked about it for, God, four hours? I don't fucking know.
1: We've been talking. Taping and talking. I've busted the scarlet letter out, Uh, so. Well,
0: I'm having a white claw because I didn't find the one scarlet letter in the fridge. Uh, It was like Christmas morning, honey. Oh, my God. Okay, so we've talked about Colby a lot. I think I'm done talking about Colby. (gasps) I'm never (laughs) done talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty guys, I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. It has been a blast talking to Colby, even though I do that every day of my life. Have you liked it?
1: Oh yes. <laughs>
0: um guys, once again, find us at Instagram, at Twitter, at QAS Podcast. It's on both platforms. We are really trying to reach as many people as possible. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Please go follow, subscribe, rate, review, share. Anything you do really helps us get this thing off the ground. So tell your friends, tell your family. Well, maybe not. Depends on your family. I'm not telling mine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's very (laughs) that. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Again, go follow at myylo music on Instagram. Thank you so much, Milo, for the intro and outro music. We got a little twang in here now, y'all. Um, yeah. She's so cute. She's so cute. We're so excited. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, also, can we let's give a little backstory on the the tune? Why the the tune that started it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. First of all, if you have not watched, we're here on HBO. Fine someone that has an HBO login if you don't pay for it yourself. So good. And go watch We're Here, okay? It really lines up with so many things I want to accomplish with this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole time we were watching it, I was gagged because I was like, This is literally what
1: we're trying to do, but in podcast form. Yes,
0: in podcast form. And we are not Bob the Drag Queen, Eureka O'Hara, or fucking Shangela. So um, they have a much larger reach than we do. But anyways, yes, it's so fucking good. So anyways, there's a Rust in Louisiana episode. Whenever that episode started, there was this like country. um, The subtitles... Yes, I watch TV with subtitles. The subtitles said, Upbeat Country.
1: And I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. It was like the tune that they played at kind of the beginning of the episode when they're having their iconic, little, uh, the looks, just the serves, redneck, hillbilly, glamour is yes. what I would call that. It's oh my so God. gaggy. Um, <laughs> like,
0: anyways, that music started playing and I nearly shat myself, right? I was like, that is what I want to introduce the podcast to, or. With rather so yeah, I uh, reached out to Milo and I said so. I found the song. I made mean, Colby like restart it five times so that I could um shazam it or Siri it. I guess is what I actually did. And I found the song and I sent it to Milo and I was like, I love the beginning of this song. I love how it sounds. I love that it gets people excited. Also, very nine to five by Dolly, right? makes you want to get out of bed makes you want to dance makes Mm -hmm. you want to jump makes you want to scream because we want you guys to be excited but yes so excited to have that now go watch we're here Mm -hmm. they talk about so many important things on that show you see so many walks of life Mm -hmm. Um, and
1: and the south
0: in the south yes um almost all of it took place in some southern small-minded town, mm-hmm. um, which so many of us here in the South have grown up in. so
1: The Branson, Missouri, and I guess like the rest of Louisiana one kind of hit home the most because oh, this is the yeah. closest to home. They are close to um, home. And, and being, having been to both those places, it's just crazy to see the types of people that they run into that are so right. anti-them, and it's, I don't know, it just makes you just pisses you off it does it (laughs) really pisses you
0: off but sometimes we have to be pissed off about things to realize that there still needs to be changed there still need to be conversations had so yeah some we have to show those things and that's kind of what we're here to do as well we need people to realize that there are injustices happening with people of color with queer people with women we need to fucking do better and we have to educate the people around us Mm -hmm. and sometimes that means we have to hear stories that make us mad right anyways guys thanks for joining Next week, we are going to be talking about some girl-on-girl action. Oh, my God. Um, that's something I know literally nothing about. So I'm super excited to talk about that. Yeah, so join us next week. Going to try, I think I said this last week, but I'm going to try to have an episode out every Tuesday, but it really depends on scheduling. With COVID, my work schedule is very different than it usually is, so we shall see. Um, I've still got to teach Colby how to edit.
1: Um <laughs> Yeah. I'm I mean, like I said, I'm baby, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tech stuff is either comes naturally or it doesn't yeah, to me sometimes. And so I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank
0: you for joining us. Thank you for giving us a moment of your time in the car or at home, whatever that looks like. Go follow us on Instagram. Go follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, share. We love you. Thank you so much. Stay queer, y'all.